Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my buddy, Brian Hooper. Uh, honestly, I really just wanted to have someone to come and, and kind of reason through all of the weird stuff going on with the LIV golf event in Saudi Arabia. And then of course, anytime Brian joins the show, we end up on you know every single topic from World War One military history to gun control and vaccine mandates and and all of those you know wide topics uh not a ton of dfs or or sports chat but definitely got into some of the live golf saudi arabia pga tour type stuff so i hope that you guys enjoy all of that as always if you want a bonus episode of the show uh you can find them on patreon.com slash TakeCast. If you want to support the show in other ways, uh, just tell a friend, right? Just tell a friend that you enjoy the program or leave a rating or review on iTunes. That's very useful and helpful as well. And uh, now let's go ahead and get into the show. All right, everyone. Welcoming Brian Hooper back into the show. Um, we have we have stuff to talk about. We have new stuff to talk about that is uh, not topics that we have covered in the past. I, I definitely wanted to talk about the Saudi Arabian sponsored live golf tour. Uh, so that's what we're going to start with today. And then we'll see where the conversation mm-hmm. goes. Cause I think it is really interesting. And I, I probably have a different perspective on Saudi Arabian sponsored uh, sporting events because the sport I like the most soccer. I mean, the, the world cup is in Qatar. The best team in the world, Manchester city is owned by the crown prince uh, PSG is owned by uh, Qatar. I believe they are owned by the Qatari uh, royal family. Newcastle uh, was just purchased by the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia for billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's it's it is more so than any other sport in the world. You you cannot get away from Saudi wealth in in that. And um, I just think that's very interesting that it's now coming to a much more American sport. I, yeah, I didn't even think of that. You're right. That is a good point. Like, like, uh, cutter, um, they shouldn't be, I mean, if I, I honestly, I just know the headlines that they're using, um, basically slave labor and like people who are there, uh, Oh, it's all bad. All the stuff with yeah. the Qatar world cup is it is, it is, it, it would, uh, 
I mean, it's not a it's not a one to one, but it would basically be like, uh, not not Nazi Germany because because they're not as outwardly evil. It would be like it would be like honestly, it would kind of be like Russia hosting a World Cup in like 1966 or whatever. It would it would be it would be and using uh, itinerant workers. And yeah, it would be it would be using slave labor to to put mm-hmm. it on. Yeah, right. And then you shouldn't profit off of that. So, yeah, no, I mean, but I don't know what, um, you know, well, and Saudi Arabia is, you know, at war with Yemen right now, and that's a horrible, horrible war that we're also backing them with. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we should not support the PGA either if they're an American company and they're doing. I, I knew I just the reason why I wanted to have you it was specifically why I wanted to talk about you with this and not like Pat or someone like about the actual golf angle is I knew that you honestly correctly well semi correctly would 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 have the would have the opinion that what why do we think the united states is so much better than saudi arabia and to me honestly the distinction is uh obviously i i am not a fan of imperialism in in any degree united states branded uh saudi arabian ditches imperialism not my thing but I mean, what what would I talk about with with Pat last week? You know, one of those things of like, is this actually a terrible time to be alive, or do we just think it's a terrible time to be alive because of social media and things like that? But actually, in Saudi Arabia, in Qatar, in the United Arab Emirates, uh, it is actually a pretty terrible time to be a person if you are in any way either not rich, gay, a woman, whatever. Uh, all, all of those things are still true there in a way that it is superficially true in the united states of america right like obviously we still have racism sexism misogyny uh hate crimes like things like that still happen here but for example if you murdered a gay person because they were gay in the united states of america you are very 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 likely to be prosecuted for that crime uh and that is not true in saudi arabia right i mean that's what i i i know probably as much as you do with that stuff yeah i it seems like that that's exactly right. And, and again, we, we should make the disclaimer right now that neither of us are foreign policy experts. Right. Saudi I, like we, we are just two dudes sharing yeah. our opinion on a podcast. Like if we weren't recording, I would just be like, fuck yeah, they're just killing, they're, they're doing all this stuff. Like, but I don't know 100% fact. Like, I think maybe one distinction here is live is, I mean, cause I honestly, I did not think of this Davis. Did, yeah, that shows you, um, I mean, I occasionally I can look at things not through that this lens, you know, of, of politics or liberty or whatever. So um, I'm I'm th- I'm mulling it over right now. So, so the live is backed by the Saudi government. I mean, by no, the no, um, United Arab the, Emirates. Sorry, right? It's 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 provided. Uh, the funding is by. The, it's like the United Arab Emirates Fund or something, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, which is what, which is how they are able to do the soccer teams and all this. Cause obviously there are laws on on like state sponsored stuff, but this is the, uh, sovereign wealth fund. And, and is that, you know, this is out of my league. I'm wondering if that is just like the royalties fund and it's just, their kind of like little play money fund, or is it actually the individual citizens? Total, total play money fund of the rich people there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like worth like $1.5 trillion. And if, if they lost every dollar associated with Manchester city, with, 
this golf, it just would not matter to them in any way. It's, it, it it's not even a dent. So the PGA isn't, isn't owned and run or funded by the United States government too. So that's, that would be a distinction there. Although they probably do get a lot of tax breaks. Actually, I'm sure I know. Oh, I wouldn't even have to Google and, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, the PGA has like uh, sponsors from the, the military industrial complex and all sorts of things. So a lot of these things are kind of connected. If we are going to look, look at it through that lens, I really was just looking at it as pure like golf, two different, like the, the Euro tour versus the PGA versus now there's well this is the death of the euro tour right i haven't i haven't really heard that many people make that point but like why would anyone go play the euro tour right now like what 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 is what is what why why would louis oysteisen ever go play you know the dutch open or whatever when he could just go do this instead it's the it's it'll be the the current fairy uh european version basically yeah is if you can't make the live, you play the PGA Euro version. But I think they're just taking anyone right now. I mean, uh, some of these guys in in the the live tour. I mean, I'm I am top tenth percentile in terms of golf fandom, probably amongst all people in the world, and I haven't heard any of these guys. Yeah, I'm sure you're higher than that, honestly. But like, um, yeah, some of them. I mean, they're gun. But if you if you keep shelling out the money in, then Dustin Johnson wins one and then it's on DraftKings and maybe it, and there's something there's something it. there's something about the format that makes it unsuitable for DraftKings. I think it's like I think it's think it's the way they draft the teams maybe or something. Uh Tambo was talking about this on Twitter yesterday, but there's something about the format that is going to make it unsuitable or difficult to price and set up from a draft. I I literally don't know anything about it cuz I, I don't really plan on watching it. Oh, I'm going to, uh, well, I'm not going to watch unless it's just, it's on one of these free streams and I'm sitting around. Uh, if it's not, uh, let me rephrase that. If it's on DFS and I'm sweating something, then I'll yeah. watch it. I won't watch it for fun. Uh, what I read was it's 54, 54 holes, no cut. Yeah. The three days, no cut, uh, shotgun uh, tee times, which I yes. kind of like. Just go one through 18. Let's do it. Let's get it over with. Yeah. And I kind of yeah, I mean, like I don't, no cut. I don't hate that. I, I really hate the no cut. I kind of like it. I don't know. Like, and maybe not for like DFS, but just for like, like, do we really need who is, um, who got, who's teeing up this week? Stadler or somebody like, do we really need that 154th PGA guy out there that has like a one in 8,000 chance to, you know, to take it down. And then occasionally he makes a cut and then my guy doesn't make it. So like, I don't know. I don't hate, I don't, I kind of like the idea of, I like the idea of like a studs only 50, you know, 54 hole. No, they're the but, studs but only. From, but from a betting and DFS perspective, it's going to be the opposite of that. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be like eight guys who are any good, 30 guys who totally suck, and then maybe yeah. 10 guys who can get a T5 uh, yeah. every other week or whatever. But it's going to be like betting on like here. Let's just go. Let's just go look at what the betting odds right. are. For this I'm, ta- I'm talking about their at the what they want their end goal, not the first few tournaments, right? Like I'm surprised they even they're doing as well as they even like uh, like Charles Schwartzel is ninth in the odds for this. Like that's just not a golf event I'm interested in in betting at all. Yeah, I mean he would normally be like what like 70, 70th or something like just way worse. Charles Charles Schwartzel. Well, he's he's won some tournaments. Um, Let's see what what do we think Charles Schwartzel's official world golf ranking is? What's your guess? 
Oh, I don't know. Um, one fifty. One one twenty six, and he has not won a golf event since two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so on your average PGA tournament, he's probably like seventieth or something. Then, yeah, um, some something like that. He's yeah. right around the cut line, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm talking about what Greg Norman wants, not what they're having the week one to live. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So like, if they could pull this off, and they and they and, and look, I I think that this is uh, I saw Shane Ryan make this comparison, which I thought was pretty apt. Which is like, the live tour was kind of like how serious people treated Donald Trump which is like, there's no way this is ever going to happen. And then all of a sudden it started happening and people were really confused. Like, like Bryson, you, we can laugh about like Bryson and Patrick Reed. Cause the, like no one likes them, but people know who they are. And Bryson like draws TV, like getting Bryson and Patrick Reed in addition to Dustin Johnson is a pretty big deal. My, my line is if Spieth goes the PGA, two, I mean, like that because he has got to Smith has got to be the most marketable non-tiger golfer of the last decade right he's got to be yeah yeah i mean definitely i, I don't think the pga's go, going anywhere though because okay like rom would play like at least 20 pga euro tournaments norin would i mean we could go you know how many guys lots of guys yeah skip a lot of pga events so like i don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's, it's more the end of PGA Euro. And I kind of like the competition aspect, like how bad was the PGA coverage until this year on the ESPN app is actually pretty good, but like, yeah, how were DFS players complaining about, they just don't care. They're not doing anything. They haven't had any innovation at all. It's a, like very boomerish coverage, you know? Yeah. And the reason is because they don't have any competition. They don't get, you know, they don't give a shit. Like they're still raking it in either way, but now they're like, well, we're going to have to do something boys. Yeah. Right. Not just pay our golfers more, but keep people interested. And they'll probably do that by like, like cheat means like maybe try to strong arm DraftKings to not make lines for them or DFS for them. ESPN, you know, try to get strong arm them like, no, don't cover it. Um, that's always their first instinct before like, oh, wait, maybe we need to make some changes so we can compete with these guys. Uh, but I think it, I think from that aspect, it's, it's pretty good. I think there's enough, there's enough golf to go around where both of these guys can handle it. I really hope they don't ban them from the majors. And that would be awesome. You have your majors and then you got these two competing tournaments that I think that's great. And for DFS, you might get an extra, 100k pga tournament on on uh friday or, wh- or whatever they they start because it won't be the same i'm assuming pga will start right. thursday and live will start friday which for dfs that's pretty sweet you know gives us an extra golf out it does um so i guess my my thinking would be is that if for for a lot of these guys if they can play in all of the major championships like just go you know I mean, because it's like, it's like, you know, once you understand that all transactions under capitalism are unethical, then what's the difference between taking the PGA Tour's money and taking Saudi Arabia's money? And it clearly these guys don't care, right? You know, Graham McDowell's talking and he's like, it's about them, about them checks, bro. And Phil is like, 
uh, yeah, it was horrible. They killed uh, Khashoggi, and then he goes and golfs with the head of the Sovereign Wealth Fund or whatever. So, like, these guys don't give a shit. I mean, I, I, I have to go back to this. All transactions are unethical. So, like, if I bought that Han Solo doll off of you for whatever you tell me is fair, yeah, that's unethical. Yeah, there because there's a winner and a loser of every transaction. How, unless but, unless every transaction is exactly completely uh, fair, but we would have different financial like you like because I would only be selling it to you if I needed the money, right? Because I really like I really like that Han Solo doll. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it for a reason, you know. No, if I offer you a million dollars, you don't need the money, but you sure shit would sell it to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Of course, but that is yeah, that yeah. is a that is a court that is a that is a coercive transaction. Like I don't want to sell coercive. it. It's not coercive at all. That's the very cool. Offering someone the, offering someone a million dollars to part with something they like and just forcing them to make a decision of like, well, I really <laughs> like this thing, but I have to get rid of it. That is that is totally coercive. No, that is not coercive. Is what Qatar is doing to forcing people to build their stadiums, offering someone significant amount of money for for anything they any of their property is the opposite of coercion but you can there's so many ways i mean give me a break where where <laughs> where where we're saying transactions any voluntary transaction between between adults doesn't even come close to saying that it's unequal on each side because people have different subjective values and it's really hard to determine these things. Like I, like the example I use is you could have like 10 bottles of water and each bottle of water might have a different value to you. And it might yeah. depend on where you're at. If you're in the desert, they're worth a lot more to you. If you're in the park and it's a hot day, they're worth less, but they're worth more to you than when it, you're at your house and you have your water faucet. And the 10th one's not even the same value as the first one. So like yeah. the only way you can do this is through voluntary exchange for all these sorts of things and one thing that might seem to you like you got ripped off to me is not at all when i was trying to find like a uh, like a keto shake pre-made like i was reading reddit reddit reviews yeah and this guy's like you can just you can just buy the ingredients idiot you can buy the ingredients and mix it for yourself you're getting ripped off i'm like yeah but i'm lazy and i don't want to make it I want it pre-made so I can leave it in the fridge. This wasn't me. I was just reading the comments of these guys. These right. guys. Like they couldn't even understand. This. So like to them, capitalism is e this, this evil thing. And it's the only way that we know, the best way to uh, understand where these resources should go. Because otherwise you just have, you end up with, with soviet russia where you have one guy saying we need 500 tons of metal this year did you, did you see that did you see that uh, that viral video that was going around about about two weeks ago where they interviewed a bunch of people who lived in soviet russia like you know a bunch of 50 60 year olds and they were like russia fucking sucks now i liked it better when it was communist <laughs> i've seen i haven't seen this viral stuff but i've seen those things uh beforehand it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting where probably for a lot of um for a lot of people who got like assigned a good job or not even a good job but just something where they like weren't risking their lives it probably was kind of nice right you, you you go to the doctor you get it taken care of like if you if you had curried a little bit of favor 
uh, amongst amongst the party or whatever. Obviously, mm. I'm not I'm not sticking up for Soviet Russia right now because, as we all know, true communism has never actually been tried. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is it is it, well, of course, it could be. Uh, no, it can't. It can't. Well, it'll collapse before it gets there. Well, yeah, it'll never. It, uh, as with all of these economic experiments, pe- people get in the way, right? The human human nature interferes with every economic system in an unfavorable way. No, I just think, like I mentioned before, the, the Mises points out in his socialist calculation um, issue is you 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 literally can't do it without profit and loss because you'll have someone guessing these minute subjective value ways to decide where resources should go, just like the, the 10 bottles example, 10 bottles of water example. And as soon as you have someone guessing and trying to determine all this stuff, it'll, it'll, the resources will get so inefficiently distributed, it'll fall apart, just like Soviet Russia. And then eventually they have to outsource everything and then it'll, then it'll eventually collapse. But if it was completely communist or completely socialist you wouldn't be able to outsource anything so like even even cops and school systems here in america would wouldn't would completely collapse depending on how you view them right now let's just say they're working i mean that's debatable at best but right they would completely collapse if they didn't if they weren't able to use um uh just uh, private businesses because they wouldn't know how many shirts to make how much, you know, how, how many, how many uniforms, how do you make these, how do you make guns for teachers? How many teachers do you hire? How many, how many, uh, how many, uh, uh, you know, tables should you get for the students, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if you just try to do it with any business, like a, like a pizza shop, but you can't do profit and loss, how many employees should, should you hire? You have no fucking idea. How many pizzas should you make that day? You have no clue. You just be wasting dough. How do you, you know, how, how would you get a oven, a pizza oven, right? I mean, should yeah. you make it? Okay. How many should you order? You, you, the only way to determine these things is through profit and loss. It's a feedback mechanism that helps us determine resources. And it's like, it's, it's, it's one of the main causes of humans flourishing as well as we have, like to get to this point. And I think the main thing Davis too, is uh, coming from the same point of view as you is people conflate modern day government hybrid subsidized corporatism with actual free interactions you know between consenting adults which is which is what capitalism is sir so your your argument is that basically the modern world cannot exist unless there is unless there is some form of capitalism because because there's no possible way without without a profit motivation to figure a situation out. The only reason anyone would ever figure anything out would be profit. The the well the profit and loss. I mean, you could you could go under. Like it doesn't. It's not because you're. Uh, I'm going to have a profit and loss business that I'm going to succeed. You could have profit and loss in a in a in a um, nonprofit. You could just say we're not going to you know, we're going to pay our salary, our, all the money to our employees, yeah. but like our, whatever we're selling or service we're providing, like you got to pay us 50 bucks for it. And there could be competing nonprofits. It doesn't have to be like, I'm just saying this, this, the idea of a feedback mechanism is how we decide where resources should go. Like why, why not build your house out of steel completely? It's more sturdy. It'll last forever. Cause it's expensive. 
Well, high rises will pay that premium because they need that sturdy, right? And so then you'll probably build your house with wood because it's cheaper, right? This is how, what location should you live at, right? All these decisions you make, that's subjective value through profit and loss. But don't you, don't you, so I guess the, the even grander, since we're, since we're only living in the classroom right now and we're, uh, right. Yes. So don't you think the grander question is, is that innate in nature? Is that, is that something that is innate to an advanced society of, of mammals basically, or is there a way through the reorganization of natural history that things could have been different? Well, I would say, yeah, it is because money is just the means, you know, the, the value of the goods you have. Yeah, it's, it's just a hell of a lot easier to use the means of exchange of money than it is giving you two chickens and then you give me that Han Solo doll, right, that you made by hand or something. Yeah. The democratic socialist argument is, is whatever happened, okay, let's say that's true, eventually somebody will have all the resources and you won't be living in a free society. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be working for the, that person. You won't really be free. You'll be, you'll be in uh, indentured servitude. Right. Which is what you kind of started this conversation. Which, which is what we do anyways, really. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> yes. Let's, I'm not happy with the status quo. You know, I mean, I, I have to work for someone regardless and and likely a job i don't care about really and and i'm i i am being used as a profit making mechanism for someone else right and i there's not there's not you're saying yeah yeah in real life like my my company i love them it's a great job uh i i have no complaints about the job they asked me to do Mm -hmm. but i am being used as a way to generate more profit for the people at the top right I'm at the bottom I mean, of the pyramid or the middle. Of the I don't pyramid, know how probably. you're how your contract structured or anything like I, that. I am like, paid. I am paid a, a good market rate for for my skills. I'm not. I'm not complaining about my wage. Sure. Right. And and um, no. I mean, I, I don't know if used is because it's a voluntary interaction, and you do have other options. Lots of other options you could do. Sure. So I would say no. It's 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 not, and you're not being used. It's a completely voluntary and moral thing to do then to use your labor uh, the way you're currently. But using. Don't, don't you think it is don't you think it is generally unfair that labor is used as a way to generate more profit for someone else that that don't, don't you view that as as inherently unfair that most of the labor is used to generate wealth in what is, you know, effectively a fake construct of like you know equities and and you know company valuations and things like that well i mean this that's probably like a broader stroke that's but that's what i'm saying yeah but i mean you going from your 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 local small business to there's a big corporation stock markets being manipulated by like small groups of people or whatever like that's that's i mean of course they're but that that also is Again, corporatism, like they're, they're protected by the government who, who makes these laws, makes them whole if they go, if they fuck up and go under, yeah. you know, that has nothing to do with you voluntarily agreeing to take a job. And like fairness doesn't have anything to do with it. 
honestly. Um, like I, like if I, I'm, I'm a business owner, I'm not required to hire someone who sucks. Sure. It's unfair for that person. Right. Like, they, like they deserve a job. Why shouldn't I hire them? Right. They, Cause they don't provide any value to me. So I don't, and I very rarely hire people and it's hard to find someone who's valuable. And the more value you have, the more leverage you have on your employer, or you can move on, start your own thing. There's tons of lots of stuff. To yeah. Do. Tons like, this of people is all are common doing that. sense. This is all common sense. Honestly, like I'm talking, this is, it's still, this is like, uh, there is an overlap between the classroom and reality here. Like you really could do something else, Davis. You could start your sure. own business. You could go, I'm sure you could go get another job. I don't know. Yeah, kids, of course. Of course. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I couldn't, but I'm saying inherently doesn't it seem unfair that a small group of people at the top of a corporation make way more money than the people actually applying like labor like uh, like accomplishing tasks yeah but it is it is unfair and but i but i don't care like or i mean obviously i care but like it doesn't matter it does though <laughs> not really no, it doesn't. Like, well, I'm saying, I'm saying from my worldview, it does. I was actually thinking about this the other day. And mm -hmm. I think the reason why I don't hate you and don't think that, <laughs> that you're dumb is uh -huh. we actually do share a lot of the same values. Like okay. a lot of the things that I would think are important, you would also think are important. We just think of like really different ways to get there. But it seems like we don't align on this. Right. Which, I mean, I don't, I mean, as long as they, if you started a bookstore, and, yeah. and you go in there, right? Like I go in there and I'm like, Davis, I want this book. You know, you, and I come back, I tell all my friends and tell everyone on, you know, I know, and it's really starts spreading like wildfire, right? This great bookstore and service you provide. And then I come back in there 10 years later and somehow you're there. I'm like, Davis, you know, I told everyone about your bookstore and like, it looks like you're doing really well, man. How's it going? Like, you wouldn't believe it but I sold so many books. I'm now a billionaire. And then I go, you piece of shit. <laughs> you worthless. How dare you sell those but books? But that, that's not really how, that's not that's really exactly how wealth what is created. <laughs> that's exactly that, what happened. With what? Is, is Jeff Bezos provided enough value. And I, I don't like Amazon and he used, and now they do use the state. But to begin with, the guy was patching, packaging books by hand with like him and his wife. And then but they, they not, started but, growing but, their business through voluntary, voluntary, uh, you know, voluntary transactions. Sure. That's it. Now they're huge and they can use the state against, against their competition, which is. The, and they do. Uh, and, they and they do. And they all. And, and they, they, and they crush, they crush their workers. Yeah. And that's and wrong. The workers have no recourse. I agree. That's wrong. So but the only, the, the only way, the only way. <laughs> let's to get stop. rid of the state. We're but if, they, if the state, if the state was gone, it would be even worse. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It, I mean, they were say, they've said the same thing about Sears Roebuck, right? Go Google the, the articles about Sears Roebuck being a monopoly. That was the talking point in the eighties and early nineties. Um, all these, all these monopolies go under eventually because the reason they do well is because they have some crazy guy or girl who's just driven and goes insane. And as soon as they're gone, so like I, I imagine 15 years, Amazon will not be nearly as big as they are. And maybe 20 years, they'll be defunct. 
Like, I, don't, I, I would, I would, uh, because would Jeff Bezos book, doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but he's hired a and, bunch of people who and do. And the way that these businesses get propped up is using the state. So well, you, you innovate, you get, you innovate, you get, mo- you get money, you get power, you use the state to keep competition out. That's the cycle. But what is, what is actually the most powerful and important thing that Amazon runs these days it doesn't have anything to do with what they sell. It's Amazon web services. They have tons, they have tons of stuff they do. Yeah. I mean, I, well. I would, I would wager, I would wager against that just because uh, Amazon web services controls so much of what people do. Here's, here's another thing too, when we're talking about these kind of higher level things that I'm different now than when I was. So like I was a big minimum wage guy and I would get in arguments all the time about it. And like, now I think of it from perspective of like a bookstore in wherever, New Mexico, like what right do I have to tell this woman who owns this store how to run her business in an industry I know nothing about, a state I may never even go into, uh, an, an industry I have no clue how it runs, in her business, which I know nothing about, how, what right do I have to tell her how much she should pay her employees? So like the point is, these things are so fucking complex that we have no clue what we're fucking talking about when it comes to like running them. So like all those like, like details about, well, now they do this, this, and this. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they became so wealthy, but we do know that they give them tax breaks and they don't give their competition. In. Like, like yeah. this is one thing where AOC was right, where it's, she didn't want Amazon to get that tax break in Clip New it. York. Clip it. Everyone clip it. Put it on Twitter. <laughs> Brian Hooper Brian Hooper admits AOC was right. Yeah, I think she might even backtrack at this point, but the, probably, probably she has. Is why should Amazon get a tax break, but the hot dog guy doesn't? Right? Like you can't, you're taking the hot dog's money and giving it to Amazon essentially. We and agree. So, we agree. We agree one hundred percent on this. Right. But, but I mean, this is this is our central disagreement if you want to say i think it's lack of understanding is i'm saying that the it, all these problems are through state intervention and you think you think with with no state intervention amazon would would pay everyone a fair wage and workers wouldn't have no, to no. be peeing in water bottles and dying in tornadoes three three amazon workers died in a tornado right next to me like six months ago because they weren't yeah allowed that was, to go that was home. too far from here too i think it was in um, illinois right down the yeah road. it was here yeah um, no, I think the trade-offs, I think the trade-offs would be better. There are no solutions. There's only trade-offs, time of soul, right? I think the trade-offs would be better. And from a, like a, like a, from a classroom perspective, I think it's also more moral. Um, but that's a side note. So yeah, the bad things would still happen to good people, but, uh, the status quo, uh, would be worse. It's never going to happen. Um, it, it's, it's really almost no point. I'm not trying, I, you know, I'm not trying to persuade anyone. It's just an interesting, fun conversation. So like, um, I just, I mean, I mean, everyone's, I wish people were more curious. I mean, that's probably, that's, that's just good. Uh, that's just good advice for a living probably. Yeah. I mean, they, they are curious. Here, here's how you can tell 
whether you're you're in like a kind of brainwashed liberal conservative bubble is like are you willing to have a conversation about something like so uh, you know obviously i'm more familiar with liberal liberal stuff it's like are you are you able to have a conversation about um like whether we live in a simulation right are you are you able to sit there and have beers and like just you know talk about it for an hour or two and then if i bring up like we shouldn't have schools and you go like i'm turning the podcast off right like people got mad when you suggested that, right, that know, we shouldn't have schools right we should i'm sorry we shouldn't have public schools we like we shouldn't have public cops either like why not how about nonprofit competing security systems anyways these are just you know ideas be curious so people get upset You're like no cops no schools oh my god you know right it's like okay well you just had a two-hour conversation about living in the matrix that means everyone you ever loved doesn't exist everything you've ever cared about doesn't exist the world the cops and the schools included don't exist you're willing to have a two-hour conversation over beers and it's you're enthralled you're thinking about it right but the moment you talk about these other yeah brian just got cut off in the middle there his his flicker just uh his power just flickered which i think means he was about to make some point that would have uh that would have converted um everyone you know i think i think he would have gotten everyone to go against the state and they knew it was coming <laughs> it was either that or uh the saudis are coming for coming for you the um right in the middle of an epic rant power goes out uh epic from my point of view everyone else is like will he shut up so like i was talking about like how you could kind of see if you're in this 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 political bubble right like you could have a conversation about about you know like something that would make your entire world not be real and you're fine with it but then these other topics and i wanted to ask you this um since i'm since we're you know kind of come from the same uh political philosophy now that i'm no longer you know a, a democrat for sure and i mean it depends on what you, how you define liberal but i also noticed that i think I was brainwashed to like dislike people without any evidence. So like, I know I'm not supposed to like certain people. Like now I, now I realize that. So like, for me, it was like Rush Limbaugh. So like, I've never listened to Rush Limbaugh's show. I know he's, in, he's been in the news a lot lately. He might've passed away. I'm not even sure. He's, he's dead. I'm I just sure. know when you say Rush Limbaugh, somebody, I'm like, oh, that, get, yeah, well, of course, Rush Limbaugh, like he's a piece of shit. You know, anyone who listened to him is an idiot. Another one was um well Rush Ayn Limbaugh Rand. is actually a piece of shit. Yeah, but I don't know anything about I didn't know anything about it. Like I I cannot be alone in this. And I'm sure it's the same. Oh, the I'm sure that's that's fairly uh fairly common um, for people who are like really Republican or really here's Democrat. another one, Ayn Rand. Like I know, like she was old, like massive, massive hypocrite. Took the you know, wrote all those books about about libertarianism and then got took a bunch of government <laughs> money in her life. Yeah, um, that well, that's libertarians wouldn't disagree with that, anyways. Though honestly, is because it's stolen from you. So if you can get it back, go ahead and take it. But um, the uh, uh, like, I know I didn't know shit about her because I thought it was Anne Rand, and it's I you know A Y N. You know she's a Russian uh, immigrant. So I didn't know anything about her. I didn't even know her fucking name. I just know if you said it, I'm like, oh that she's crazy, right? She's the crazy, that like crazy fucking lady. I don't, I don't yeah. think she was crazy. I just think she was misguided. No, 
I know, but I'm like, what? I know what I was supposed to say. Sure. Yeah. And I bet like now it's more like for young people, it's more like Ben Shapiro or something or whoever is popular, Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like I'm sure like I would have, I would have been like Tucker Carlson's a piece of shit. And I wouldn't, I, and I, st- I, I don't think I've ever watched the full Tucker Carlson, but like, I know like, it's just I was like, still it's, in just the like 40, it's just like 40, it's just like I was working, minutes. you know, yeah. I was still working for the state and, and I was around everyone. Like we, like, like the arguments are like, you know, like how, how much UBI, not like whether we should give out UBI, right? Right. Like what should, should the minimum wage be 15 or 20? Not like no minimum wage, right? Yeah. Like, so like, does that happen? Like, I know you're still, you're still a diehard, but do you see what I'm saying? I mean, like, I could see myself voting for a third party more than ever, than ever before. Although the thing is, is most third parties are just money grabs in the United States. Like, uh, what's the, what's the name? Jill, Jill Stein. Was that her name? Like she yeah, was just, green, a huge, yeah. she was just a huge grifter. She just, she just took the campaign donations and green, green um, party. I mean, I definitely hate Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and all of these fucking losers, but I also hate their liberal equivalents because I think their their did liberal you, equivalents are just as thoughtless. And uh, did you read that, his book, Jordan Peterson, The Twelve no, Rules for Life? Okay, so you didn't read his books. Not. No. Have you watched any of his interviews, like in yes. full with Joe Rogan? Yes, not not Joe Rogan, but I I have listened to his other stuff, and I find him to be. But like the most distasteful Not type of person of interviews, you know, no, like just, the, just him talking. So I, the, the Jordan Peterson thing is actually, I think maybe even worse than a Tucker Carlson, because the way he's talking, the way he presents himself, some of the things he says are very reasonable. Like, you know, one of his big things is like, Oh, keep your, keep your house in order. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, like all that stuff. It's like, I don't even, you know, I don't, some of his talking points are fine. But that's actually why he's worse. I actually find Jordan Peterson to be more insidious because mm-hmm. then his truly deranged, insane shit seems more plausible to the average. You know, we're talking about people who are not critical thinking and kind of just are following what talking heads are saying to them. And that makes it way worse for me. I think that is like truly insidious. So I want to comment. on You said two things there and they're not like the first thing is you said the third party. So I just want to share, like I used sure. to work at a political consulting company briefly yeah, and uh, for like a year. And um, I know for a fact that um, without, this is a en- show for entertainment purposes. So this, this is a rumor, let's say. I know for a fact that democratic institutions donated in Illinois to the libertarian. Har- th- this is, this is, this is fact. Uh, the, the Trump campaign was, was, uh, getting people to vote for Kanye, right? They were, right. they were, yeah. It's like, we, we, this is well-established. Right. Yes. So like, you have to be very careful with, the, with the, the third parties. Now there has been a big change in the libertarian party over the last weekend. I don't know if you saw, I know, I'm no. assuming you haven't, cause you don't follow that. No. So the update on the libertarian party is, and just for people's background, the libertarian parties kind of suck balls since like 2000, like, two or something like that yeah um they've like this is from a perspective like a liberty perspective obviously if you're a progressive you think they've always sucked but like they they they've always kind of sucked and they it seems like they've been kind of taken over by like you know mainstream you know they they want to be they want to be more they more want to be liked by like the new york times than they do want to provide some radical libertarian like they're not going to say that like 
you know, corporations should, shouldn't exist or, you know, any sort of radical thing. Schooling shouldn't exist, right? They'll say like, oh, school choice should be an option, right? But they won't go like full, full, you know, full bore. Anyways, over the, over the weekend, they had their elections for their party. And um, I think it was this weekend, maybe it was the last one in Reno and the Mises caucus like dominated and they won every single position. And so the Mises caucus is like, they take their name after Mises, the economist. And um, they're like into like, the, they're like big cheerleaders are the podcasters like Dave Smith. Um, uh, like even like on some of the side uh, news companies like Tim Cast yeah. have like had them on to talk about it. Um, but they are, they are actually like radical principled libertarians. And they're going to say crazy, they're going to say crazy shit, which I love because like, they're not going to win, right? No one's going to so, win. So yeah. you might as well get your message out there. And the green party should do the same thing, frankly, or whoever, you know, an actual left organization should do, should do this. And it's, I, I don't know if this has ever happened where a party has been like retaken over by like principled individuals. By, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. Pro- probably there are examples of it in, in world right. history. Right. Yeah. But- yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. So this should be I'm probably still not going to vote, but um, it should be interesting. And I and they want to run Dave Smith as president, which is which is insane to think about. He's he's on the Legions, Legions of Skanks podcast. He's a comedian. And um, uh, Maj Torre, the gun right activist. As vice president and. I heard too that they might be able to get Michael Malice as their press secretary. And he's, he's, he, I think he's hilarious and he will just shit post, you know, some amazing content and Libs heads will explode if these three go. So like, it should be like, pay attention to it. Like I, I would think if they do the, play their cards right in this election, they might be able to get like 15%. That, like I bet the line would be, like the line would probably be five and a half. That would be my guess. They get five and a half, but that would probably be a fair line. But I would take the over if all the cards, if they get all three of those guys and and they already did the major piece was get, get control of the party. So you have right. control of the messaging. You have control of, of everything so, else. So you're going to vote, you're going to vote for this comedian or, or, or you're still out on voting. Well, if he if he announces, I probably I probably would, yeah, for him. And I would actually fundraise possibly for him. Who do you who do you think this is worse for? Who are they pulling? Are they pulling voters from non-voters, from Republicans, from Democrats, from Trump voters? Who where where would this fifteen percent be made up from? Probably probably Trump voters. I would probably I would say I would say like 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 um like um five percent disaffected liberals and ten percent. Republicans. So I should be, I should, I should donate to these people then. Well, it's probably, I mean, I mean, they're, but they're not progressive at all. They don't want, they don't want any of the things you want. (laughs) So what are they, what are they, they hate, they hate women and, and all that, all that good stuff. Well, well, that's, that's what the, the attacks were is they're racist. It's the same go-to. I mean, sure. Um, they're they're racist and i mean and dave smith's dave smith's a Jew, jewish person and who's like uh 
family fled the Holocaust. That's why they're in America. I'm very Master, fond of, Master I'm very fond of Jewish Master people in general. City. What? I'm very fond of Jewish people in general. I find them to be, yeah. you know, generally speaking, very thoughtful uh, because Judaism is just all about asking questions. Like I find Ju- Judaism to be much more tolerable than like Orthodox Christianity. Do you know how many Jews there are on the planet? Do, do you have any idea? I have no clue. Yeah. You want to guess or no? 10 million. Oh, wow. Okay. It's about 17 million, I believe. I would have guessed, I don't know, 50 million. I would figure there's tons more. Well, and then you have to define like culturally Jewish versus like religiously Jewish or whatever. And then, you know, it gets into a weird region of like, is this a, is this a race of people? Is it not like, you know, that, that gets a little confusing too. Was Sammy Davis Jr. a, a Jewish person under the, I've heard, uh, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I know he was Jewish. He had, uh, he but it's like it's like it's like it's like so like I'm not Jewish right now. But if I converted to Judaism, then it would count kid, you. Would would well well would my kids? It's more interesting to say would my kids count, mm, right? Because that's, that's kind yeah. of the way it's done right now. Where like religious Jewish parents, they had a kid that that child is Jewish, even if they don't, you know, practice or whatever. Well, there I mean, is there is DNA, right? Like Ashkenazi yes, Jews. Ashkenazi, like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. so it so it's like both, and and it gets kind of gray, and and the history of Judaism and the history of the Western world are like inextricable. It's it's very well, fascinating. And, and I, I'm surprised you said 10 million, frankly, frankly, because like you know that is like the the racist argument where they say there's only 10 million of them, and they're they're the head of the banks they're the head of that right. how is that possible but if, but if you but if you but if you look at it it's it's very clear historically why that would be true right go ahead, go ahead explain to me well it, it all has to do with like uh the the middle like it's all the conflict in the middle east right and and jewish people like i i mean again i'm not like an expert on this but like the jewish group of people came to power really early when the Western world, as we know it now was forming. Right. Isn't that, isn't that basically what it is? I mean, I thought it was because like Ashkenazi Jews have uh, like a 20 point higher IQ on average. And, um, and, and culturally they do. Is that, I mean, is that true? Yeah, it's true. Google it. And they, ha- they culturally, they have um, uh, like they're uh, like business minded and stuff, but like, and which can make a difference, right? Like, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because if you look at early Jewish immigrants in America, they were poor. They were dirt poor. So like, if you look at the early NBA Hall of Fame inductees, they're all Jewish names. And it's because basketball is a city sport. It's a slum sport, right? Like back yeah. then. And that's where the, where the poor people were. The poor, you know, that's where the Jews were because they were poor. And you're like, that's why baseball before that was same way with the Irish. Uh, they were earlier immigrants and they were poor and baseball was the sport that like poor people played. And also when you're, you don't have a way out economically, sports is often a way right. to get out. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't, I think, um, and they also, also, they lost a lot of wealth after during world war two, right? Like, yeah, that was just, it's in Swiss banks. I, somehow. I also, I also think that, that it's one of those things that like when America was starting to build, there were just like a couple really powerful Jewish, like, you know, like if you were a really powerful person around the turn of century United States, there was just, I mean, there were shit tons and shit tons of money to be made basically. Right. 
I mean, again, I, I again, we should make it clear. We're not experts. I'm not no, saying that anything no. I'm saying here is true. That's just the way that I've understood. It's well, it, it was. Yeah, it's never been like some big conspiracy. It was just like these people kind of just got lucky at the right time. If you if you are an expert, you're either a Jewish scholar or probably a white supremacist. <laughs> like, Absolutely one of the so two. Like we shouldn't be yeah. experts here. Yeah, Jew Jewish like uh like anti-Semitism has always been so strange to me. Like I've never under but it's like very like preeminent, especially in the United States. And I've yeah. never really understood where it comes from. Like it's all conspiracy theories. Like it's all like Right. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's all it's just very it's very bizarre. Handed down. Just... Yeah. Handed down. It, but like because like I heard this like, oh, my God, there's only 17 million. I looked it up and I'm like, God, all my favorite like comedians, uh, like the economist. I like Milton Freeman. Mises, yeah. I think was a Jew. Um, like, I don't know. I like there's a ton of Jews I like. And I, I just never thought about it. Like, I, I don't know. It's like I thought he gave, made some really ex excellent points or I think he's hilarious. And so like, that's it. That's as far as I get into it. But then it's like, oh, okay. That's the, they're saying then why are there so many, but like, yeah, whatever. So, like, so the, the Jordan Peterson, which yeah. by the way, he is, uh, he is at least connected to, to some anti-Semitic and anti specifically anti-Islamic thought. Um, but what is, what was your take on what I said about Jordan Peterson? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking at it through this lens of, being a former liberal and was I brainwashed? Why did I dislike these people when I don't know anything about it? I, think I, I don't like Jordan. I don't like Jordan Peterson because he hates women and and attempts well, to and attempts to use words and attempts to make it seem logical that women and men should have a different place in society and that women should be subservient. Right. I mean, I I don't think he. I don't think that's what he believes at all. And I think he wouldn't. He would say he he would disavow anything like that, but. What I what I'm saying, like from a, from like a brainwashed lens, is there's you have like the first layer where I hated these guys that I knew nothing about, and the second yeah. layer, which seems more common lately, is I will look into it, whoever this guy is, with this completely biased lens and read the worst possible things about him. That I definitely do. That I definitely do. I would never read a story about Jordan Peterson in a positive light, but I would definitely read one calling him like the the master of the incel. Like if you watched Jordan Peterson's original first Joe Rogan appearance, like he's he's he, which he's I very, obviously would not. <laughs> it's very entertaining. He's very passionate. He makes lots of good points, and it has nothing to do with any of this other stuff. Yeah, like another... I said, like I said, some things Jordan Peterson says, I I can totally co-sign it the problem is is it just it comes with the poison and i think right, that's but, what i'm saying is i think that's worse i think but, that because he is really good at being a snake oil salesman well i'm trying to and i'm, I'm trying to go about this without like going by point by point jordan peterson i just disagree with your characterization sure but like that's fine this, but this this is this is what this is kind of what i'm getting at is once anything becomes political um, yeah. This is this is actually a new point, not what I was getting at. Okay. But say anything becomes political, like it's everything's uncharitable. There's no good faith anymore, and like I'm talking, yes. I'm talking yes. studies, uh, you know, academic studies, anything good. Like, don't even bother. Read this shit before it became a political issue. I'm talking global warming, anything, COVID, right? Like, even still, like. 
I don't think we'll know the true like data behind COVID for another five years, maybe longer. Maybe it's just longer. too political. Yeah. There's just too much, too much tied to it. I, and, I, I agree with, I agree. And like when it's things that are just, just legacy disagreements, like, like abortion, global warming, et cetera, et cetera. It's just tainted. It's just completely fucking tainted. And Jordan Peterson is a political figure now. Yeah. So anything you, you look at this guy from, it's from that same lens. Joe Rogan too, which is ridiculous. He's just a dumb comedian, podcaster, cage fighter. And he smokes pot on his shows and drinks. Like, and his, his opinion matters. It shouldn't not matter at all. Even though I like, him. like his opinion should not matter at all. And the reason that all this stuff is, is because he's a threat to new news organizations, you know, the cathedral, the well, regime, he's whatever a, he's you want to call it. He's also a dipshit. Like, can I not, can I not, am I allowed to not like Joe Rogan? Cause I think he's stupid. No, certainly. Yes, of course. Yeah. You're, that, allowed, that's, you're allowed not to like Jordan Peterson too. I don't. That's care. always that's always been my contention with Joe Rogan is that I just find him to be stupid. Like I don't think he is like some yeah. uh, alt right thought leader. I just think he's a dumb guy, and I in, in general I don't like dumb people. Right. I just said he's a, like that's why I said he's like just a dumb comedian because that's what he would call himself. But I do think I, I imagine if you if he was tested he would be above average i think you're giving average intelligence probably but, but, a little too but, but much but he's, credit he's, here he's playing the character though right yeah like well, he, he like like that's also my other thing that's my other thing with joe rogan is like i i mean he kind of knows like the people who are paying his bills now i mean this is my thing with it. the people that you would like uh-huh. i would say they're all full of shit and they're just playing to, to feed their bills but i would also say that about people you think that i would like like it's not like i there are many uh, left-wing style thinkers who I'm like, you're fucking full of shit too. Like you, you are, you're not a good person. You're not a, a, a great thinker. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't like as much as I don't like Ben Shapiro, don't like Joe Rogan, don't like Jordan Peterson. I also don't like their left-wing equivalents and don't seek these people out. Like I, I want none of it. Cause I find everyone to be full of shit. Okay. Who's the left-wing equivalents? I literally, I would, I literally wouldn't even know because I don't, I don't seek it out in any way. Is there a podcast nearly as big on the left? I mean, first of all, Joe Rogan's not really that political, honestly. Chapo, Chapo Trap House is yeah, is okay. the Joe Rogan left wing show, and I've never listened to one episode and have neither, no neither interest in doing so. Yeah. yeah, neither have I. That's, a, I mean, I've listened to like Sam, um, Sam Cedar. He's a fucking annoying, and all the people on that network they kind of annoy me the leftists i like i've said to you before like jimmy Dore, and like even some of like yeah i know you don't like him but i like glenn glenn greenwald and and what's his name i, I so I've, I've done a little bit more uh research into into glenn greenwald i mm-hmm. i just read about him a little bit and he's even more disappointing to me now <laughs> as a figure because i learned I, I i learned kind of how he made his bucks right kind of how he became the guy that he is Mm-hmm. And it is it is even more depressing to know that someone who did the important work that he did could be so thoroughly, uh, you know, just discredit himself. Like it, it that like that sucks, right? I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, so it's hard for me to disagree or agree with you. Um, he did. There's also too like again the, the worst person in the world, you know, meme, right? The worst person in the world makes a good point. Yeah. Like it doesn't like it doesn't really matter if he so you know, if, he, if he says two plus two is four it's still true. So Glenn Greenwald kind of made his 
became, became the guy he is um, criticizing the Iraq war and American foreign policy, which signed me the fuck up. I'm all on board, right? War, yeah. all bad, right? I, my, my number one voting principle is that I think war is Mine bad, too. right? Yeah. That, is, that is the number one thing that I care about. And he did a lot of the, I think, important writing about Edward Snowden and things like that. And then he just became the fucking January sex isn't that big of a deal guy. And it's like, dude, <laughs> come on. It's like he became he became the guy who, who uh, you know, that, you know, the meme um, like, oh, you think society should be improved somewhat but you also participate in society. How interesting. Like that is, that is who Glenn Greenwald has become. And that stinks. That, like, that really stinks to me. Because of the January 6th thing? That's it? Because, because he became the guy who is like January 6th and BLM protests are the same thing, right? That, that, that became his bit. Oh, okay. Which, I mean- is, which is a bad faith. We talk about this all the time, right? Uh, if something could be factual, but not true, you know? And, and that has, that has become his thing, right? We're like, oh, like, uh, like all things are equally bad. Um, and that is, that is a lame way to go. And, and I think that he, my, my criticism that I would levy towards him would be the same thing that I would criticize towards someone who would excuse all of the, the property destruction or whatever from, from uh, the protests and, and, and say that everyone from January 6th should go to jail, which is you're just, you're just playing to your audience. You're arguing in bad faith and all you care about is scoring points. You don't care about anything else. Yeah. If you look at some of the footage, there's, there's like 80 year old grandmas, like looking around, looking at the pictures, they have no clue that they're, and they've like, they show that they let them in a lot of locations, but like as an anti-war person, Honestly, I I don't know why that would be your biggest issue, like the January sixth thing. I mean the the so my my opinion on the my opinion on the January sixth thing would be that stable functioning countries don't have things like that happen to them, and excusing something like that is, in my opinion, just the sign of a falling empire. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the fact that you know, Josh Hawley and these guys even thought this was something they could potentially accomplish. And by the way, you, I mean, and you know this too, it's the, the, the actual people showing up merely, merely the circus, right? The real stuff was the behind the doors, like people trying to convince Supreme court justices to, to help out and things like that. Even if, even if that's just cosplay, even if that is just, you know, it never would have actually happened. The idea that high level, important, powerful people thought that it would even be possible to steal a presidential election is a sign of a failing empire. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, no government is, uh, is a good thing for me. If it happened really fast, it would, hurt, it would kill a lot of people. So I don't think I can morally yeah. actually support it, but the people who do, who prosecute all those, those uh, wars are in that building. And, you know, I think, I think this is an incentives and consequences issue we've talked about a bunch of times and there's no consequences. You could kill as many, you know, you many kids yeah. as you want and nothing's ever going to happen to you. You can lock up as many minorities as you want. Nothing's going to happen to you, you know, for, for, for fucking smoking pot or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, you said something about earlier that like, well, aren't I allowed not to like them? Like, this is also too with, with like, a lot of these liberty 
positions is I don't think you should be a heroin addict. I think it's very bad. You sure. should avoid that, but you shouldn't be locked up for it. Um, you should be locked up for, you know, robbing people for it or something like that. But if, if, if it was legal, it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper and you wouldn't have to rob money. But anyways, um, that's something I thought of there. And before I go too far on this January 6th. thing, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kill like people it, and have no consequences. Fuck you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair, but it's like, at the end of the day, these people didn't care anything about that. All they cared about was keeping their, their leader installed. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% right. I'm sure some of them were anti-war protesters, but... No, no, not a fucking... It was maybe, about, yeah. maybe five okay. dudes. Okay, hold on. I got an update on Q. Uh, Q and I. Oh, yeah? Yeah, where's my phone? I, I had to go on my phone to text you when my power went out. So, like, one of my... Do you want to hear about this or no? Yeah, I mean, I just... I thought, is, is that still... Like, are people still doing the QAnon thing, even, even with Trump not in power? Yes. So my buddy from high school, I'm still friends with one of our other buddies that he still talks to, but I don't got deep into Q during like the January 6th thing. Like he was calling Tommy G a government spy in a like turncoat and he's not really Q. Like that's how deep this guy was into it. And so I was like out of the blue, I'm like, oh shit. Hey Pat, ask, ask him how What's going on with Q now? I'm interested. I want to know what like the juicy stuff is. Right. I think this stuff is interesting. And so like he sent me just all this stuff. So I guess now they're calling themselves Dark Mega. Have you heard this? No, no. Yeah. So they're calling themselves Dark Mega. And like there's like a religious uh, aspect to it where they think they're the chosen patriots to defend the country. Okay. Isn't it? Yeah. Have you heard that? I'm like, oh my God, really? Ask them this. And like, I'm feeding them questions and stuff. Right. Um, and so I think they have like a specific date. So on like when the next thing they're going to do, like who knows if this guy knows what he's talking about. But anyways, but Trump is still their guy. Uh, okay. Biden's, still de- their Biden's guy. dead. Right. Biden's, Biden's not really there. Um, can be talked into that. <laughs> is <he really? laughs> it's, it, so there's this funny thing that I I get this I get this on Twitter, which is like, yeah, your guy's not much better than Trump, and I'm like, buddy, Joe Biden is not my fucking guy. <laughs> like I voted I voted for Joe Biden out of a sense of responsibility because I I I truly think that Donald Trump is bad for the country that I live in. And I think I'm, I still think I'm right about that. Not saying that, not saying that Joe Biden is like, you know, this guy is not Teddy Roosevelt. Like, like he will, he will be, Joe Biden will be completely forgotten about, but I, it's like, it's the idea that Joe Biden is my guy just because I voted for him. It's like, it's like the, the total like sportsifying of politics, right? We're like, Trump yeah. is my guy. Like, I no Biden is not my guy. Very few people I've ever voted for have been my, Laura Kelly the uh the the uh the governor of kansas there's there's someone i voted for who was like that's my guy um but it's very very uncommon honestly that's why with like the election fraud stuff when that was a hot topic i was like i could see it like how he got 
that the most votes ever. <laughs> like, I well, can understand voting for him, but like reluctantly. Yeah, which I I think there were a lot of reluctant Biden voters. But yeah, yeah, apparently so. So they Papa T, right? Uh, which is what they call Trump. He they they're predicting he's going to be an emperor, the emperor in the next five years. The emperor of the United States. Yeah. All right. What you what you don't agree with that? Come on. I mean, I I just like the idea of an emperor is so. Uh, I mean, it's insane. You know, it's like it's it's like the, how how do you like like there there's no uh mechanism or vehicle for that happening. You know. I I think the big takeaway though that I didn't know is uh oh wait no yeah this stuff's interesting uh that they have um like giant in their genes like part they're part giant have you heard this one baron is a uh, uh they're they're part it, i mean and are things also, so are things so bad in the world that people have to think these like i don't this is this is just depressing to me yeah i know my buddy said the same thing i'm like no this is hilariously awesome and uh here's another thing too have you heard this one neph hillim so no. it's like it's the um, I think that's the 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 line of the um, English minor monarchy. So okay. they're the, the, the what the Q people, the dark maggot people think is they're uh, half barons, half Nephilim, Nephilim, Prince Diana's uh, line. OK, so, oh, so I'm sorry, be- I got the giant thing mixed up. I'm reading it now that Trump has giants protecting him like his security guys are literal giants. And he shows like this, this out of frame picture of Air Force One with like a guy who looks like he's, you know, 15 feet tall. Like, look right. at that. He's 15 feet tall, which you clearly can't tell. Anyways. Yeah, this, this stuff, this, the, the, I think like, it's a little bit depressing, I guess, but like you have no control over any of this stuff, right? Like, sure. It's just, you're just describing reality as it is. It's kind of like, like um, looking at a pond and it's all murky. And really like, well, look on the bright side. I'm like, well, it, 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 it is. It's just murky. This is the way it is. Like, maybe we could clean it up or something. I don't know. But like, um, I'm not looking at the negative side. It's just the way the reality exists currently. Yeah. Um, so it's funny that like the, the royal lineage thing would play in because that yeah. was probably what like political coverage was like in the 1800s right because it was like all the all the royal families were all intermarried and everything like the czar of russia was the the cousin of the king of germany and they were all related they were all related yeah and i i remember that this so this history podcast i listened to um they they do this funny bit about the kaiser of germany was like the outcast and they would all kind of make fun of him. And he yeah. wore, and there was this one specific incident where he wore the wrong boat shoes to like a yacht party <laughs> and everyone like made fun of him. And they're like, what if he wore the right boat shoes? Like maybe World War One would have never happened if he wore the right boat shoes. Yeah. That, and the, the other thing they say is if, um, who was it, Queen Victoria? If she was alive, she was like the grandma who like kind of like controlled everybody. And they, they wouldn't have like mouthed off or started wars if she was still alive. Yeah. yeah, but they were all related and they would send letters during the war, like, like, like very, you know, I miss you. And they would use their nicknames, Nikki or something like that. Right. For, for the czar Nicholas. Yeah. Are you a big, uh, are you a big Rasputin head? 
I mean, I know, I know a little bit about him. A little bit about him. I mean, yeah, he, he that that he's actually like that's like one of the most fascinating people in history because like he was just this guy, just this peasant basically who probably dictated some of Russia's strategy during World War One. The the problem with um, was he alive up until World War One? Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's when they finally got him. Was after the it was revolution. when it was when it was when the revolution happened yeah. during World War One was when they, they tried to kill him a few him. times before that. Yeah, yeah. The time, the time that yeah, he died in 1916. The, so the problem the with that, like Rasputin, is all those stories in the early 1900s and late 1800s because like there was print, print was going around, you know, newspapers and stuff, but it was all pure bullshit. You know, like man, you know, man lifts two tons with one arm. Come yeah. see strongest man. You know, like like some of the headlines are crazy. So like, how much of this Rasputin stuff was? was true but i think like nicholas's kid was sickly and maybe he was um he was sick so i i've listened to a bunch of podcasts about world war one because i think it's so fascinating so basically what happened is, is his kid's about to die rasputin writes a letter and says leave the kid alone he's gonna be fine and he make he pulls through because the kid had uh what's the disease where your blood doesn't clot i i i i can't remember it i was Hy- hypo no okay all right everyone pause disease where blood doesn't clot uh hemophilia so he kid was, a, kid was a hemophiliac and what people think now is probably the doctors were giving him tylenol which of course would make things worse for a hemophiliac uh-huh. so if he says leave the kid alone the doctors leave him alone no tylenol boom he rebounds he's he's mm. fine yeah interesting yeah because it thinned the blood yeah or something like that yeah, and he had some other predictions too. I think turned but out, but very, favorite. very fascinating, dude. Very, very. Right. World, World just, War One. World War One is the most fascinating global historical event, in my opinion. It was, yeah, it was super fascinating. Do you think? So, like, this is a big, um, like, in Liberty Circles talking point that Woodrow Wilson getting into World War One was like the biggest mistake any president's ever made, and and for the world too. Well, it seems like obviously, you know, the stakes of World War One much different than the stakes of World War Two because I don't think you could say there was a good side and a bad side, right? It was mostly about it's so funny because had modern weaponry not advanced, you know, had the guns not been so good, had the tanks not been so big, had the ships not been so big, this would have just been another European land war, right? It would have just been like the hundred other wars that preceded it but technology had advanced further than democracy had. So, so many people were dying and it was this humanitarian crisis, but really it was just some Kings, you know, pushing their, their, you know, they got their strategy board or whatever. They're playing a game of risk basically. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't have an, like, should the, I mean, should the United States have gotten involved from my perspective? No. Uh, But then it's like, what 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 ends up happening then i mean does does does, is germany the dominant and which at the time you know we think of germany's role in world history as being these evil guys but at the time they weren't they were just like any other european monarchy right i mean that's the argument is we don't get involved they come to a stalemate agreement and germany doesn't have to go into massive debt austerity yeah right and then and then eventually hyperinflation and then leads to the rise of uh of some some artist yeah um the uh you know it's kind of interesting with what we're going through now i sent you this this mork and mindy link last night i think and uh 
it had uh, this Mark and Mindy's a TV show with Robin Williams from the 70s. And it had um, this, I don't know, kind of like liberal talking points, I felt like, about corporations being or corporations being greedy and more and, and more couldn't understand why people would be greedy and and it was about the oil was going to be uh, off the planet in 60 years and stuff and it feels like we just like keep going through these these cycles ever since ever since the, the world war one like okay well like now is this empire going to go through hyper i mean i hope it doesn't hyperinflation yeah Are we i mean the so, rise of the so do you think that global warming is not real no i i i don't honestly i don't know uh any anything about it other than what i'm told it is it so it is kind of one of those things where it's like once once you, the scales have been peeled from your eyes a little bit you start to doubt it uh right and and the bitcoin oh, fucking bitcoin people are big on this thing like <laughs> Global warming's not real, bro. Eat your steaks. It's all good. I you just know. don't want them. Same thing I said last time. I don't want them to use it. There's, you know, I don't want the state to use it as a bludgeon against against people and against businesses. I will Which say, if know. the if the if the libs truly try to limit the uh, the amount of red meat I can eat, I'm out, dude. They'll never get my boat again. <laughs> <laughs> truly truly if if there's any sort of like uh, extra if there you know there's there's a syntax on beef or whatever like yeah. that they've lost me for good i'm out i will not do it that's not a I, world i can live in i think there's I, honestly i don't i don't see a good solution with how polarized the con the country is every i think both sides like hate each other and they pretty much realize it they realize that they hate the other side and the other side hates them. And I don't see how, how that can get resolved. I, that's I, why I, I say I, secession. Like, yeah, you, you go live with people you want to live and have all the power. I mean, this is, that's a, it's a pretty big talking point from talking heads from other countries is that they all are basically like the United States is in a, a cold civil war right now, which oh, I yeah. think is true. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, what's the what's the liberty perspective on on gun control and why gun violence is so bad in the United oh, States versus other countries? Of course, their perspective is there should be no gun regulation at all. Even what they currently have, remove it. <laughs> yeah, Maj Ture, like I said, he's possibly going to be their VP. So, so he's like the what, biggest gun rights activist. And planet. that's just, and that's just a trade-off you accept is that, is that you got to just let people get shot going to get their groceries to have. Yeah. A free well, country? they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't phrase it that way, obviously, but, but that's what they mean though. Is that, is that that's the trade-off you have to have? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't it's think more, they, it's they more would. important to have the Liberty to have your assault here's, rifle. Here's, here's how I think about it is, um, I think the 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 cats out of out of the box. What's the say? How's the saying go? Cat, I think once three D three D printing became so cheap and easy, yeah, um, the, it's over. And, and not to mention the how many million guns do we have in the country? Like a ton, right? Like yeah. like five hundred million. Like more or? than you could ever more than you could ever imagine. Yeah. And you're in, in like to totally get rid of guns, which by the way, too, like the sensible gun control thing, is like you should have. Your opinion should be no guns at all. It shouldn't be sense. Like, 
buddy that's my opinion right like that that's the logical i think opinion is you but it's complete- that it's that it's that democrats and liberals have been so poisoned by this idea of bipartisanship that the idea is oh we got to meet these people in the middle so it's just assault rifles you can't have well i think they're just i think they're just trying to um garner up some money for their campaigns and uh, maybe some voter turnout but yeah i think yeah i think from a a uh what anti-gun whatever you want to say position i think the logical conclusion is you should outlaw guns I really think I I don't really see a middle ground and to get to that point of outlawing guns completely, like you're going to have to kill a lot of people. There's going to be, I don't know, 50,000, hundred thousand people who just, they're not giving up their fucking guns. And by the way, look, look you want to see police violence against, you know, minorities. Good luck enforcing that on the South side of Chicago, getting all those guns. You're going to have to see some fucking violence. Um, you're, you're going to see a it's lot a, of it's a good cops. trade-off, right? You're going to be able to see a lot of cops recorded hurting minorities. Trust me, if you do that. Um, I, I just like when I was a liberal, my I'm like, oh, here's the law we should pass: is um, every gun that gets produced from now on will have like a little tr- uh, palm or finger finger uh, handprint that you need to activate it, but it's also got like a little homing chip in it forget the palm thing, the homing chips, the important part. And it, wherever you're registered to use it, it works there. And if you go out there, the GPS signal recognizes it and it won't work. So if you have and like- now, and, now home, you th- and now you think that's like a horrible dystopian idea? Well, yeah, because who's who's in charge of it? I mean, this is the right. whole reason I stopped being a liberals because I don't want Trump to have UBI and healthcare and everything else that I wanted before. Um, or someone worse than Trump or something like that. I'm just saying from a liberal perspective, I think Trump is kind of funny now, but he scared the shit out of me when I was still a liberal. Like, I, it, like do you want to go to a Black Lives Matter protest, right? And then whoever, dis, you know, Governor DeSantis or someone's like, if you go to these protests, we're going to take away your health care because it's government health care now. Right. We're going to take away your UBI. Right. Like you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want, we're going to, okay. We're going to use the guns against you. Like that's the whole, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. And you're like, no, they won't. Like, uh, and like, I saw this meme too. It's like, you dummies, you're not going to do anything against F-16s and tanks. And like the meme is like that. And then the Chad guy walks up to him and goes, you fucking idiot. We're neighbors. And it's like, fuck, you're right. I mean, it's a good point. Like you're saying yeah. like you want F-16s and tanks but, to but, roll into your neighbors and that's kind of but, but to leave the classroom i mean we're yeah. already there you know so if you want to debate it inside the framework of the real life if we already grant that the government has you know stealth bomber jets and tanks that they'll deploy against their own citizens which they would definitely i think uh, you're right i think you're right i think i, think I mean they did right during during yeah. covid and, and stuff like that we, we saw tanks rolling through neighborhoods yeah mike you know michael mellis says cops will do um everything they're told to do up and including killing killing children and i think also too i would expand that and say blue pill pill people will accept what they're told up into including killing children i i believe i believe oh yeah will just be like okay the tv told me that these 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 waco kids are bad and we need to roll tanks in there okay whatever on to the next thing right like i i think they'll just believe whatever i really do but same for same for Tucker Carlson pilled people too. Well, that, that's blue. That, that's blue pill too. 
Oh, I thought you were meaning. I thought you were meaning blue, like, uh, like Democrat blue. No, no, no. Like real definition. You just believe. How many? How many people? How many? Carefully construed. Yeah. How many people do you think? What percentage of the population would you would you suggest are blue pilled? Is eighty? Ninety? That is depressing. Ninety-five. Like I'm thinking about like older, you know, older parents, and like they grew up in. Uh, the cold war where they had to hide underneath their desks if for you know a nuclear holocaust training right you know yeah. seeing those old right they were trained this way and then now they support sending 50 billion dollars to ukraine which you have to think escalates the chances of nuclear war right yeah like so they they could train them to be afraid of it and then 50 years later, be like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing anymore. We fuck that. Forget that. Forget all that. Forget all that scaring the shit out of you and having you go underneath your. Well, except, except it is, I think part of the reason why the, the sending and supporting Ukraine has been so popular is, is uh, we have been blue pilled against Russia our whole lives. Like we were like, uh, so, so in stranger things, season four, the Russian people are the, are the bad guys, obviously. Oh, and my my part i was watching with my partner and she mentioned she's like oh i don't like russian people you know i'm like what do you know about them and she's like i just know you know from tv and movies that they're bad they're scary you know and it's like i realize like that's probably the experience of like 95 percent of americans they've never just talking to a russian they've never thought about what life for a russian under the horrible governmental unrest they've had for the last 100 years must be like just that russians are big and scary and we don't understand them and they're like aliens and that's so purposely cultivated by media and the government in our lives like you know like russia russia even honestly even more than china is like the big bad of the united states because it's so permeated through every aspect of our culture that russia is bad I, I agree with all that, except I think there was a brief period in the mid late nineties where after the fall of the wall in Berlin, where they kind of propped up Russia briefly, briefly. I would have been like two years old. So I don't right, really remember yeah. this. Yeah. I think that other than that, but before that, and after that, they certainly used them as a hammer to get you to, to, to be scared or, or whatever. And, you know, not to say that they're, they're not dangerous, but they, they certainly use it. China's kind of uh, they they Trump used China. I mean, not really. The establishment really hasn't yet, although Taiwan is now becoming an issue. Free so I don't know how they're going to handle that if 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 China invades Taiwan. I mean, I mean, Biden said <laughs> Biden said that they will defend militarily. Did you see this? I love this guy. I used to love uh, <clears throat> like the insane you know, uh, or, or ever increasing senility of baseball announcers like Harry Carey yeah. and Hawk Harrelson here in Chicago. Oh, Hawk is an insane person. Oh my God. It was towards the end. It was just fantastic. It was, he's swearing live on, on baseball games. Like that would never happen. It was great. Um, and you know, Biden, uh, come on the guys, you know, he's, he, he should not run another term. He seems to me to be pretty, um, uh, he's kind of losing to say it the least. And so he said that they would, def- we would defend Taiwan militarily. And then they asked the press secretary, but your the, the administration has a one China policy. 
which means Taiwan is part of China. And then they always have to go like, that's not what he meant. What he meant was, right. <laughs> he says the, he says the, the quiet part loud, like d- directly speaks to it. And then the press secretary has to bullshit for him. It's, yeah. I don't know, that shit's fucking hilarious. It's usually not that bad. Trump had to do the same thing too, though. Cause he would say it's just some crazy shit. The difference with Trump though, is they would, he would, I think he would go in there and go, ah, just make it policy now. Now that I said it, <laughs> however crazy it was, just do it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have no idea. I, I, I that, that is something I, I literally know nothing about the, the relationship between Taiwan and China and Tibet and China. Will other than vote? that, other than that, Richard Gere wants to free Tibet. Will you vote for Biden again if he runs? I mean, I don't want to. It's, it's a long time away, but. I, depending on who he's running against, what that means, right? Because the stakes of that election could be higher, you know, or it's just depending, right? Like if there is, if there, if the cold civil war gets hotter and, you know, Baron Trump is the, or, or Ivanka or something, you know, like, yeah, probably. Although but again, remember Biden was the calm down the country candidate. And if you don't think if you don't think it's calmer than it would have been had Trump won again, I think you're wrong. Oh uh, no, no, I'm, t- I'm not saying if Trump would have won, but it does it, like it does any Democratic candidate. It, he was the one they picked to be like, okay, this is the return to normal candidate compared to the other Democratic candidates, and it's and not. Also, I, I no, crazy. but I mean, I I also think that I also think that. Uh, inflation and gas prices and everything would have been just as bad regardless of who won president, which is, I think, what you're referring to. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about just the kind of the culture war, the, the, the cold, the, you know, the civil so cold I, war. So I think that I think that the culture, because because when you don't have the president directly stoking the culture wars, it at least like, this is like, we're, we're at like a simmer, like, you know, when you're making a nice sauce on the stove mm-hmm. and you just have it on the lightest and it's still hot. And, it, and if you put your feet, if you put your finger down in it, it's still going to burn a little bit. Yeah. But you can take a little taste out of there or whatever. And it's fine. That Joe Biden is making a nice bolognese right now. Whereas had uh, any other person won the culture war, it would have been, you, we would have had to have been, you know, worried about our sauce getting too salty because it was reducing too much because the burner is too high. It's, it's that, possible. Who knows? Right. Who knows? That's, that's, that's my supposition. Though. I, I do think though, that it's, that might be more from a liberal frame. And I'm in like from the what I see and the people I follow, like they hate, they fucking hate Joe Biden. Like well, they, they, they were always going to hate Joe Biden. You know what were, I mean? So like, but, I don't but, think it's as good. But Joe you know, Biden, Joe Biden, office. Joe Biden is not out there telling these people that they're like pieces of shit. Who, you know? Well, like my so, point is, liberals are probably more calmer, but the the simmer as a whole is probably just as hot as it was, it, maybe a little bit less. Um, but definitely that's, not. That, that's all I'm saying is that is it's still hot and it's still it's still not good. Uh, but but that I, I think Joe Biden was the simmer candidate. OK, yeah, I mean, mm, fair enough. I mean, I don't even care, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it does. Does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, so so gun well, gun control. What's the what's the answer? You just got nothing. I mean, some sometimes there is no solution. Honestly, yeah. there was, what was the solution for COVID? There was none. Right, short of some sort of button pushing, 
Chinese style lockdown, you know, well, I, I, the streets the, or something the, if the they left their was, house for six months, but even then it wouldn't, didn't matter because eventually it would come here. The, the, the answer was, uh, pay people more who had to take risks, hazard pay for people who had to take <laughs> risks and, and get as many people vaccinated as possible, which Donald Trump and Joe Biden both did a really good job of doing in terms of uh, they can't make people take it. Uh, and anyone who wanted a vaccine in the United States could have gotten one. And I did want to say this when you were saying um, uh, inflation, like, uh, you know, I don't know why the, well, actually, I think I do know why, but liberals like you should be pointing this out is Trump printed just as much. Trump was the first one to print. Because no one, no one argues. Inflation. No one argues in good faith. No one cares. No, no well, Republican. No Republican who's blaming Biden right now for for inflation. They don't care. Well, my point is, and I think I'm I'm trying to make is liberal. The, the the Democratic established establishment news networks don't point out that Trump started the printing because they they're, can't. They're too. They're too stupid. Yeah. No, because I, they, they're, 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 they're because not they're that too. Stupid. There are two sides of the same coin, and so you can't you can't uh, logically create the defense for one side of the coin and not the other. Well, I, I'm going to try. I think they. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're purposely doing it because they can't because they can't um, they they support money printing. It's the yes. backbone of their yes. entire yeah 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 administration. Yeah. So they can't blame it on Trump when they themselves want to do it and use it. Right. That's that's right. why yes. I'm saying you, you, they could are, blame the inflation. Correct. Yeah. And it's like, you can't go Trump printed first. Trump printed trillions of dollars. That's why inflation's high. Like, wait, so you're saying printing causes inflation? Uh, no, we're, we're, I, like, we're saying, we're saying, we're saying the same thing, which was that, which was that I, I like both Biden and Trump believe in like those policies. I mean, Trump has called for the fed to lower interest rates and saying he did it for Obama. Why can't he do it for me? Like, I mean, He's just as much to blame for it um, as Biden is, and no, and, and, and the liberal establishment does not call it out. So they're really they're, they're fucking despicable. I hate those fucking people. I hate them. Like, do you, if you look at the like MSNBC salary, speaking of getting um, uh, unequal pay, like the viewership that these shows get on MSNBC and CNN, they're not even as big as some a lot of YouTube channels. No. Like they get most of them don't get a million views. Yeah, most of them don't get a million views, and so like Rachel Maddow's now like semi-retiring. She makes thirty million a year, right? She does not get that many views for thirty million a year. It's like how can they afford this when no one's watching their show? Why are people advertising it? And if you look at the advertising uh, revenue they they bring in, it's like thirty percent from pharmaceutical companies and a big percent from like the Boeing, Halliburton, you know, yeah, air manufacturer, military industrial complex companies. It's like, why are they advertising? Like my mom watches those shows. Like, is she going to fucking buy a fucking F-16? No, of course not. She's going to buy right. an Abrams tank. Why, why are they, why are they paying her $30 million for 900,000 views a show? What's it's going big, on here? Right. Like, well, I mean, we all know. We all know what's fucking going on. And so, like, I don't give a shit if you start a business, Davis, and then pay yourself a shit ton of money 10 years from now. But I, like, this is fucked up. Like, you know, like, because they push the agenda 
nationwide. They're the ones who were calling for vaccines and calling for all these things. And you're like, okay, well, where are you getting your money from? How come you're getting so much money compared to the views you make? Where like on YouTube, you definitely wouldn't get this amount of money because do you no think, do you think both do you think both things could be true that the vaccines were good and effective and that also they made the pharmaceutical companies a bunch of money and they just found a way to profit off of a pandemic while also offering a solution? I think that's that that could be a possibility in theory. I don't really think that's what happened, but maybe we'll see. I want to see the data five years from now, ten years from now. I, I imagine it was negligible at best. Do you get your flu um, shot? No. Um, but the, uh, like, I, I think they were like chasing the, like, they were always like one step behind each variant. Um, yeah. but maybe, maybe I'll, let me just, I'll look at the data five to 10 years from now. Here's the thing I didn't like is that they were hiding. Um, it seems like they might've been hiding the risks. So like now, if you look yeah. at, um, other countries, European com- countries, they actually have side effects associated with a lot of these vaccines. And so like one of them I noticed, I didn't even notice this was tinnitus. And I got tinnitus for six months after my shot. And once I year, it could be complete, completely fucking coincidental. Yeah. But I've never had it before. And now it's gone. Like who knows? Another new one too is like shingles possible, possible in the Pfizer one. And my sister-in-law, my brother's wife just got fucking shingles. Um, when they have like a baby too. So it's really not good. Who knows that could, that's coincidental, but you're not allowed to sue them. They don't have to provide the information, right? They had like 75 years before they had to provide these studies. Right. Right. Like that type of fucking crony capitalism bullshit. And they use it under this emergency um, declaration. Right. It's always like whenever they get together, you are getting fucking screwed every single time they vote 100 100 to 0 like you just guarantee you're getting fucked i probably won't co-sign on that take (laughs) in mass i would be more inclined i would be more inclined to agree than not but i definitely would not say that's true 100 i mean for my part uh i'm super glad i got vaccinated because i got covid it fucking sucked and i from the available research through as corrupt as it might be the evidence seems to suggest that getting vaccinated provides you with uh like not the symptoms not being as bad and my symptoms were horrible i felt like ass and part of the reason why i really wanted to get vaccinated was i smoked cigarettes all through college right uh and that was like one like and, and i'm also fat so uh like I had two of the biggest comorbidities of, of smoking and being overweight. And so I like definitely did the media and, and the general world overplay the seriousness of a coronavirus infection for like a normal person, probably. In fact, I would say certainly based on the evidence that we have now. Uh, but also one, like I don't, I very rarely would blame people for being afraid of in a situation like that like that's not a card i'm trying to play but like just me specifically like had i gotten the og corona variant being non-vaccinated i would have been afraid for myself for sure because i had two of the comorbidities yeah and like just vaccines in general like any modern medicine great like that's so that's i i also wanted to make that point which is like 
fucking yeah pharmaceutical companies are evil but like also modern medicine is yeah. so goddamn good at keeping us alive it's not like yeah. it's not like people are dying left right and center it's like no people are actually living longer better healthier lives than ever as a result of all this shit yeah it's but yeah, i i agree um mike my, my only complaint there is 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 government mandates and an intervention so like i don't think they should have mandated masks i also think the masks the mask data too like i don't think we I no even, the, the mass data you're going to be wrong about the mass data was the the mass data was good even one-way masking ended up being good no well I, my point i was going to say is we have we had mass data like we had it but before 2020 yeah why like it's not like all of a sudden like hey maybe we should test these masks they've been tested and all, and also it depends on the mask mask you have. So like cloth sure. masks don't do a ton, and and outdoors they still they still do some though. But the so so something I I'm gonna agree on a right wing talking point. We're, we're gonna end it here because I'm about to agree with the right wing talking point, which is that anytime I see someone wearing a mask outside, I just assume they're stupid because the <laughs> the whole thing with masks is they're effective relatively based on the scale of what you're wearing and how you're wearing it i'm not gonna that's too far in this podcast to go down uh, all that stuff but right yeah my the, i agree with you too but like when i see someone wearing a mask and they are wearing the the what is it i can't remember n95 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 i'm like well at least you're wearing the one right that one. does something yeah, yeah but like just somebody wearing some cloth mask that's barely over their nose but outside the, where no one so around the, them the thing with the cloth mask is if you want to charitably interpret people's actions is that the cloth mask is not good one way and get it, keeping particles from coming well, in. Like you, if you but, sneeze, but no, it's good for keeping your particles from going out. Right. Like if you sneeze. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your particles getting, but yeah. And I don't, I don't care where you, whoever wants to wear a mask, you know, wear a mask. I, I, it really doesn't bother me at all, but I don't think like shutting down the businesses, like it ruined a lot of people's lives for no good yeah. reason. Yeah. And um, printing 30% of the world's money supply is going to have huge ramifications, even though they don't want to admit it. No, and for so, years. Like, all for these years. things were way more important than some, you know, 2020 max study versus the 2018 mask study to me. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. And like, even the vaccine stuff like, yeah, I want, I think they should provide the data and I don't think they should hide yeah. side effects or anything like that just to get people vaccinated. That shit's evil, but it's still not as important. I know on an individual level, it could have been for someone who was injured, but like, it's not nearly as important as the reaction, the, the mandates, the closing of businesses, the, the, the schools, the kids that were affected. The, the, the vaccine mandates were kind of a right-wing boogeyman though, right? How so? Like, it, it's not like any, like the, so the right wing boogeyman was, well, once you, once you mandate these things, they're never going to go away and they're, they're gone. Right. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. I guess that's true. If that was something that, cause that was, that was the, that was the libertarian talking point was if you give these people these power, they'll never give it back. And it's well, already I gone. I think the more charitable talking point is that if you give these people's powers, it, a, it'll have all these, these problems. Sure. that we are now facing they were right about that and b it gives some bad people some excellent data on what they can do in the future what they can do sure yeah good good spot to stop
good spot to stop. <laughs> I got to go do this whole cast. We've been talking for like two hours. All right. Uh, so there we go. Saudi Arabia, COVID vaccines, World War One history, Ashkenazi Jew, uh, I- IQ data. We, we covered Hopefully all that's we- right. Yeah. Oh, dude. There. You might have to delete that. You're gonna get. You're gonna get. Uh, you're gonna get some Jewish people in your DMs. Like, what the fuck? And then you're gonna get some racists in your DMs. Like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that's the show. That's the show, everyone. We'll be. Uh, we'll be back next week. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.